Hello everybody, welcome to Not Another Isekai, and today, like every week, we got anime, right? So much anime, but um, actually, not, well, let me think, <laughs> let me think about this, um, more anime this week than we'll have next week, because there is, I believe, six shows that we're ending today, let's see, one, two three four five six seven seven there's seven shows out of the 11 so next week only covering four shows because i don't think by the time i don't think the next episode of this show of this podcast is going to is it no, maybe it will, because next Saturday, I believe a couple shows air, but what I said is still true. We're going to have this many shows this week, and then uh, considerably less next week. Um, but, you know, it's all for a good reason, because we're covering, like I said, seven finales today, so it's going to be a lot of good stuff. Um, so let's start covering them. Let's do it. First up, we got Villain Saga, Season 2, Episode 24, the finale. Um, this one was really nice, right? Because even, you know, I, I talked about it last week where I was like, okay, last week really felt like like the end. We're like, All right, we ended everything. We talked, we had to do with Canute. Um, we kind of have an idea of what we're going to do. We're going to go to Vinland. Um, you know, I suppose he's going to go back to his family, sort of regroup, see what's going on. And then you know, his grand plan, which he already kind of laid out, you know, he wants to basically make, you know, you know, his own little place, um, you know, where people can be away from war and you know, just kind of prove that, um, you know, war is unnecessary. We don't need it. You know, if there's any problems, we can solve them in other ways, more peaceful ways. Right. So it very much felt like a finale. So I was like, oh, I wonder when next episode is going to be. And I think I said something along the lines of, oh, it's probably going to be them traveling, maybe setting something up maybe putting you know a little bit of breadcrumbs and uh, it turns out we got a lot more than that uh one of the more emotional episodes i feel like definitely of this season um you know not that there hasn't been any but th this was very you know this, this was something that i feel like for a hot second we didn't even really think was a possibility for him to go back to his family and really see them again after all this time um you know, uh, you know, it was very funny because his, his sister, uh, Ilva, that's how I'm going to say that, Ilva, um, you know, she doesn't believe it's him. And it, it, it makes sense, too, because, you know, when he left, he was a child and never seen from again. You know what I mean? Like, we don't like, you know, they don't have like play by play, uh, you know, reporting or anything of like, oh, well, actually, Thorfinn went here. It's like, oh, no, no, Thor Thorfinn's dead. Um, so, you know, so that was funny, but as we all knew it was going to happen, the mom recognized him immediately. You know, there was no confusion. There was no like, ah, are you, are you really my son? Like, no, cause you know, that's whole thing, right? We're like, even in real life, you know, moms, they know, you know what I mean? Like they, you know, they always have that, like that like, connection, um, you know, to their kids. And so for the mom, no, no uncertainty, no confusion, just like, my my son 
immediately knew it was him and was super emotional. He got super emotional. Um, it was a great moment. Great moment. Um, you know, and that's one that I feel like Thorfinn really needed, um, you know, to feel loved. You know, I feel like that's that's something that he hasn't really felt in a long time. Um, you know, I'd say probably the closest, you know, if we're going backwards in time, the close probably like Aenar, you know, you know, like, you know, him and Aenar, and, and they do mention it later where, uh, you know, I love the, you know, the scene where they're in the house and they're playing and whatever, and Aenar is like, all right, time for me to go. It's getting kind of late. You know, I'm going to go chill with, uh, with uh, Leaf and his crew. You know, and then Helga, the mom, is like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, time, time to go to bed or whatever. And he's like, nah, you are... Thor, you know, I I hear that you are Thorfinn's brother. You know, you you you, you know, you and him are basically brothers. Um, so if you're his brother, then that makes you my son, and and that means you're gonna stay here. And it's just so nice for for her to immediately take him in, because you know, she, you know, she even says it too, where she's like, "Oh, it's kind of cramped in here," and you know, they have you know, a, a pretty big family. Um, you know, but you know, for her to have that like motherly instinct, you know, that you know, it's very common. Um, to be like, nah, you are, you are my son <laughs> and you will sleep here. I will take care of you. It's so nice. But then also, um, you know, out of that for her to call him Thorfinn's brother, um, you know, I don't really know where exactly she got that from. We didn't hear anyone else tell her that. Um, you know, I don't know who told her that or who gave off that impression. But for us, the viewers, when we, you know, when we sit back and we hear that and we're like, I guess, I guess they are kind of brothers. You know, they've been through a lot together um, for a while, too, for, you know, a few years at this point, right? Um, and they do kind of act like brothers, too. It's like, oh, yeah, they are they are pretty close. And, I mean, Aenor doesn't really have anyone else. Like, he literally has no family. Um, and Thorfinn, I mean, at the time, probably thought he didn't really have any family either. I mean, you know, he, he imagined his mom and his sister are probably still alive. Um, or at least hoping, but I mean, Anar knew they weren't, you know, his, you know, his, his own family. Um, so that's nice, you know, again, that, you know, that's another thing where, um, you know, verbally we're kind of being given information that in hindsight, uh, was pretty obvious. It's like, oh yeah, they are, they're kind of brothers. It makes sense. Um, and then he, you know, he, he, he retold, his, his entire family of his entire life um you know what's happened since he left all that stuff um that had to have been hard you know that that's been really hard for him to sit down and think about what's happened to him all these years in like one one succinct <laughs> moment um you know but then also hard for the family too to be like wow he's he's went through all that like our our poor thorfinn <laughs> it's also funny because one of the things about Thorfinn when he was a kid was that like, you know, he always wanted to be tough. He always wanted to be a part of everything. He definitely wanted to be by his father's side. And so now for him to tell his story and it'd be like, wow, you really, you really did grow up to be, I suppose, you know, doing the things that you wanted to do as a kid to, you know, to prove that you're, you know, you're not a kid. Um, and, uh, you know, it does end with them kind of, reinforcing his his uh, you know his his plan want to establish a country in Vinland 
um, and everyone's on board. His whole family, Leaf is there to give some very, uh, very needed expertise. Um, yeah, and then it ends with him, you know, a big change, shaving his beard, cutting his hair. New, new Thorfinn. So very, very happy about that. Very much uh, visually setting up up oh, next season. <laughs> we got another season, so. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, you know, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't really sure what a finale was going to be after last week, but I think this one was really nice, him reuniting with his family, um, you know, him kind of finding some place that feels like home, that he can have as a home base, um, you know, it's nice, him having people, especially, that are, like, backing him and are all for it, you know, the mom to be all in and be like, you are your father's son, you know, and then for, you know, for Thorfinn to really realize that as well, where he's like, looking back on it and in hindsight, this is what my father wanted to do. Um, you know, this is what he was building towards in his own life. And as a kid, I didn't see that. But now I'm like, yeah, like I, I, I truly, you know, I kind of got here on my own, but I am following in his footsteps. Um, it's perfect. And so, very happy for Thorfinn. Um, very happy for Einar as well, because, like, he kind of has a new family, you know? I mean, obviously nothing will replace his actual family, but for him also to have love, um, you know, for him to have a, a group of people that will accept him as, like, you're part of the family now is so good for him, and I feel like so so needed for his character as well. Because there are a lot of times where he you know, you know, rightfully so, very angry, you know, sees red a lot, and people like Thorfinn have to kind of hold him back, and obviously I think a large part of that is rooted in what's happened to him his whole life, um, you know, so for now, for him to now have this kind of support group, um, you know, that he never really thought possible, very important for him as, as a character, um, and yeah, now we truly, no, this is the finale, setting up season three. I don't think season three has been confirmed or anything, but I mean, it's got to happen, right? Um, although season two came out quite a bit after season one, so I'm, I'm interested to see if we actually get a season three. Um, but, uh, yeah. It is very funny how different this show got, where I feel like season one was very much like we're in the war, we're in the battles, Season two was more taking a step back and sort of reflecting on the world. Um, and now I feel like season three is going to be super like almost political in a sense where they're going to have to get these connections. You know, they're they're literally trying to establish a country. Um, very interesting. So overall, great season. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, 24 episodes. So we got two cores there and, you know, it, it definitely needed it. Um, you know, came around on the Thorfinn character. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to see like pacifist Thorfinn, but great job there. And, uh, very excited for season three. Next up, we got Hell's Paradise episode 12. I believe the second to last episode. 
Um, I mean, we'll just get into it. The, I think the biggest, well, yeah, the biggest sort of piece of information of this whole episode is the one Tencent being like, there's no elixir. The elixir doesn't exist. That's something that humans just kind of created. And they were like, oh, there's got to be an elixir of life on this on this island. We're like, no, there's, it doesn't exist. Um, that's a pretty big bomb. Um, Tencent could be lying, I suppose, just to kind of mess with them. Um, the elixir could exist, but maybe not in the form that, like, humans believe it is, you know? Maybe it is just Tan or, you know... You know, whatever does the thing that they drink, um, and you know maybe humans can't can't drink that. Um, so like, well, there is an elixir, but not in the way that you're thinking, and not in a form in which humans can take advantage of. Um, so I'm not really sure there. Um, but they're not being elixir is huge because I mean I don't really care about any of the humans. You know, like the emperor, or whoever. Like I don't, I don't care about them. But um, if there is no elixir and there's nothing they can bring back very sad for Gabimaru because his whole thing is well I need the elixir because I need to get pardoned so I can go back to my wife <laughs> um so yeah I don't you know I don't really know what that would mean I do like Yuzuhira um you know we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit but um you know she says that this whole place like made of gold and she's like well no elixir but you bring all this gold back basically the same thing you know so i i do really like that of like problem solving of like well if we bring all this gold back i mean it'll basically be equivalent to bringing the elixir back and they'll they'll have to pardon us um yeah but that you know that idea there i think is something that they are going to play with I, th you know, I think they have to in a second season i don't know if we'll get one i mean even next episode next episode is the finale so i'm sure we'll see a little bit of something but um I feel like if, if there truly is no elixir, you know, that they can bring back, that kind of changes the whole course of the story. And, like, if we do get a season two, um, it'd be very different from season one, I feel like. So. <clears throat> um, and, yeah, and then basically this, you know, this whole episode is just them, you know, them fighting the one Tenson. Um, you know, some, some cool stuff here. I do like the user hero character a lot more. I feel like I was kind of just indifferent towards her i was like oh she's kind of like kind of snarky which is fun um but other than that like there's really nothing to love about her character we don't really know a whole lot about her character but i feel like this fight scene really upped it for me where it's like oh i mean <laughs> she's another shinobi and she has a lot of like naruto comparisons you know i have a soft spot for the naruto show um you know so for her using the whole like substitution thing i thought oh that's that's naruto that's like the that the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where it's like oh that's you know um you know but then her like dr like like drinking the whatever and then having like the weird poison slime thing I thought was really cool too oops I hit the mic I don't think I picked up um yeah, I thought that was really cool too just like oh she, she can use that like it like traps foes but then it also like burns them or whatever so it's like that's you know that's a pretty interesting sort of uh like power I guess um, and then another character that I think that, you know, they keep making better is, uh, Sigiri. Um, 
like she has like her, her like little breathing technique which makes it so her her tau uh like strengthens very much in you know very brief amount of time um you know so she's able to like cut the tents and it doesn't regenerate because she cut it with a certain level of tau um you know so that was cool um but then yeah yeah they you know they are able to kill the tents in quote unquote very happy i feel like in that moment anyone watching the show is not like they did it <laughs> they killed them they did it it's like no way no way that was way too easy um and not easy because i mean they you know they're pretty battered but like in terms of like gabi maru having to do what he's done to you know what i mean or like uh i mean even what the one brother had to do to just fight the doshi is like come on there's no way they're dead um and that, and that's true because then you know then senta dies saving yuzuhira so that was really sad you know character that they did a good job in this episode of like building him up enough to make it sad i don't think i'm like super torn up about it <laughs> you know like it'd be different if like sigiri was the one who sacrificed himself like oh that one is gonna hit senta they did enough for it to hit enough but not in the sense of like what are we gonna do <laughs> um you know and then uh and then, and then the one blind guy i don't remember his name but he has like the cuts over his eyes um him coming out of nowhere and that now he he has joined the fight um you know i think that's gonna be really cool you know because he's he's super dope so um but yeah yeah that was pretty much the whole episode um you know them just kind of I mean, really, the whole episode was them fighting the one Tenson. Um, you know, really, again, really cool fight scene. Um, you know, them three kind of working in tandem together. You know, I think that was interesting because they've never really done that before. Um, and yeah, again, you know, the, 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 the big bomb of no elixir again. Is it them just kind of messing with them? Is it real? Is it not right? I don't know. Um, you know, but I think that it... Um, you know, does a good job of setting up the last episode because, you know, I think last episode we're going to get hopefully the end of this fight. Um, hopefully, like, Abimaru and them maybe meeting up and them all kind of meeting up in one place and uh, having, I, you know, I don't really know if there's, like, one big, I mean, this will probably be, like, the big fight of the last episode, um, you know, but them kind of then cooling off and then setting up a a second season obviously um but yeah good stuff <clears throat> next we got konosuba an explosion on this wonderful world episode 12 also the finale um this one was nice um i i, I will say just off the top um i mean first off the way it ends you know, I think this is kind of like a one-season type deal. I feel like that was something that I've mentioned quite a bit over, um, you know, and again, I don't I don't know if this is already confirmed and I just didn't know it. <laughs> so I was like, I was like debating something that already had a solid answer. But, um, you know, the way it ends with, uh, you know, Megumin in the, you know, in the town, literally meeting Kazuma and Aqua. It's like, okay, cool. You know, I don't think they're going to have anything else, um, you know, unless they were to do like a weird like side story thing where it's like oh we're gonna tell tales of like season one of konosuba but from megumin's perspective or something which could be interesting but also would be 
like a weird project, um, you know, and also with this sense of, you know, I feel like it ending and being like, an adventure awaits, um, coupled with the fact that season three, season three, right, um, is coming out. I don't know when. It, I don't think it's confirmed on the season, but I'm pretty sure they confirm it's coming out this year. I mean, at this point, it's not confirmed for summer, and so the only other season of the year is fall, so I guess it has to be fall unless they're pushing it to 2024. Um, you know, so I feel like this is, uh, you know, so then we kind of look at this as like one product rather than like, oh, what about a season two of this prequel? Um, you know, so there's that. And, uh, and also I feel like it does a really good job of just that ending of like, obviously in Konosuba, we don't see all this lead up. So we just see Megumi coming in and then we're, you know, it's kind of discovering her character and all that, um, you know, as that being the first time, but now with all this prequel, it's like, oh, we can kind of see how she got there and like her meeting up with them and giving the whole like Crimson Demon introduction, um, you know, but then also deep down us knowing how desperate she is. Um, it's cool, right? Um, but then the episode itself, I thought was cool. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I do like the very beginning where Yoon uh, kind of gives her a whole, like, confession to her. Um, you know, finally speaks very bluntly about how much she admires her, um, and all that stuff and how, you know, all that, you know, basically admiration, um, and then she hit her with the sleeves bow, which I thought was funny, which I didn't realize. See, I thought, okay, so Megumin was awake the whole time, right? And so she hit her with the sleeves spell, and I was like, oh, Union actually knew that she was awake the whole time. That's why she hit her with the sleep spell, because then you know, the whole point was to keep her asleep. That way, Megumin stays in bed while she and her new party go and take out the demon, right? Doesn't want to put Megumin at risk or whatever. But then you realize later that, oh no, she was going to hit her with the sleep spell anyway, to like keep her asleep, basically. Um, you know, because then, you know, Megumin reveals that she was awake the whole time and Union is super embarrassed about all the stuff that she heard. Um, you know, so that was funny. Again, just, you know, just another moment that perfectly encapsulates their relationship. Um, yeah. And then Megumin wins. Megumin uses her explosion magic. Um, you know, I like, again, it's a, you know, it's a very Konosuba thing for Megumin to be gearing up her explosion magic because it takes, like, a year to get ready. Um, and then while that's happening, the, you know, the demon is having his own little dialogue where he's like, oh, man, you know, you know, I probably could have, uh, you know, survived this at, at full power. But, you know, I had this little run in yesterday and then this morning, you know, kind of saps some of my energy. So it's crazy because I could, you know, I, I definitely could have survived this, you know. And then as it's hitting, he's like, oh, man, this sucks. You know, that that little kid is, you know, there's, you know, there's a pretty good chance that that, that little kid is going to actually summon me as her familiar. It's like, you know, him just kind of having this whole like dialogue with himself as Megumin is, uh, you know, preparing his death, basically. <laughs> it, you know, just a very Konosuba thing to do. Um and then, uh, and then, yeah, we have a nice little, you know, before the whole Megumi meeting Kazuma and Aqua thing, we have a nice little uh, finale with Yoon Yoon saying that she is going to rematch 
Megumina at some point when she has learned advanced magic. You know, so that kind of ties a bow on their rivalry, at least for now. Um, you know, because again, they they are friends, they are almost sisters, but the, you know, they are still rivals, right? So it's like when I when I learn advanced magic, we're gonna do a rematch, and then Megumina's like, we'll see. <laughs> you know, so you know, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the episode. Um, you know, again, I, you know, I thought the season was very good. Um, I don't think, I mean, I, I overall, if I were to be critical of it, um, I don't think I like it as much as just Konosuba in general. And I feel like that might just be due to the cast of characters that Konosuba has. Um, you know, with Kazuma, Megumin, uh, Aqua and Darkness. You know, just like that, that cast of characters is just perfect for like comedic storytelling, I guess. And then also some of the emotional moments where I feel like this one was mostly just Megumin as like the main character. And not that Megumin can't carry her own show because obviously Megumin is great. Love Megumin. Um, you know, I just feel like the, the cast is better in Konosuba. Um, but. Uh, but overall, I thought it was really good. I thought it was fun. I had a lot of fun moments. Um, you know, and getting to know the whole Megumin character, I thought it was cool. So, uh, overall, pretty good. And kind of, you know, kind of gets you back into Konosuba a little bit. Ready for season three. Very, very ready for it. <clears throat> Next, we got My Love Story with Yamada Kun at level 999, episode 12. Um, also, the finale, which is. Let me tell you. Oh, man, let me tell you. Such an upsetting finale. <laughs> Not that it was bad, but that it was... I mean, you know, it wasn't bad. Actually, it was bad... Like, in my heart. <laughs> because... Okay. So it ends... Okay. All right, everyone. I'll just calm down for a second. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I'll just run through it because, like, the whole episode is basically the end. So, we have a nice little setup in the beginning, right? Where Momo and Eita encourage Akane to confess, right? They both know who they're going to confess, who, you know, who, uh, who Akane is, is trying to confess to. Um, you know, very, very obvious, right? So it's like very early in the episode, it sets it up, it sets up, okay, this is what's going to happen. The finale, it's perfect for a finale. It all works, right? Great. Awesome. Then we move on to Yamada kind of rushing you. He, he has to get to like cram school or whatever. So, okay, it doesn't really have a chance to talk to him because, you know, it's kind of a, you know, very emotional thing, and you know, to then do that in public in a big crowd of people not ideal right so it doesn't really work out so it's like ah, oh, we, we we missed our chance that that sucks but we're still very early on in the episode i'm sure we'll get another opportunity and then you know you know so then right there i feel like we're sitting and we kind of have this fake out of like akane's finally ready we know yamada was never going to do it i just know who yamada is right so, you know, Akane definitely has to be the one to do it. And so that kind of like fake out there where it's like, she's ready, she's doing it. 
oh, we don't get the chance. But there's still a whole lot of episode left. We can do this. So then we have the whole Tsubaki sort of a detour. And uh, that kind of makes me scared because we're the moment where they're sharing an umbrella. We know Tsubaki likes him. Um, and so we're, you know, I'm afraid that Tsubaki is going to confess to him and maybe Yamada. I don't know actually because you know because we do have that moment where that happens right where we we, we have a great moment where uh, where Yamada hands her the umbrella and runs away because she you know because he's gonna run to the station and we're assuming I don't know he's like gonna run to Akane's place maybe or maybe at the very least just run to his place so he can give her a call you know because, you know that's what he said he was gonna do um that's like incredible it's like oh man now you know, we didn't think that was going to happen, but now Yamada is going to be the one to confess. Like, that's what the whole switcheroo was, where it's like, oh, we thought very clearly sending up Akane to do it, but it turns out Yamada is going to do it. That, that's incredible, right? But then he comes back because that's it. That's his character, right? Subaki gets bumped, drops your glasses, and so it's a very Yamada thing to come back and help because that's, that's just what he does. And then... I think in that moment, Tsubaki confesses to him. It wasn't super clear if it was like if she was just saying that in her head or if she said it out loud. Um, but clearly it doesn't. Well, in that moment, it's like, oh, it doesn't really end up being anything, I guess. Um, so then, uh, you know, another fake out, right? They, 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 they faked this out twice. And then we have the meeting at the convenience store. And... We have a great conversation with them, and, it, and you know, I love the ending where, you know, you know, where Akane's like, you're not a nobody, you're actually a really fun guy. Um, she says a lot more than that, but that is kind of the, like, cherry on top, where it's like, hey, don't, you know, don't, like, downplay yourself, like, you're great, I love hanging out with you, and here's a bunch of different traits that are, that I find um, amazing about you, all, all that stuff, right? And so then again, not a confession, but that is like, okay, they talked, it's cool, it's awesome. Is that how they're ending it? You know, and then and then the credits hit. And at that point, <laughs> fuming. <laughs> Cause not only did they fake us out with Akane being ready, oh she didn't confess. They faked us out with Yamada, gonna have a very emotional run back to the station, maybe run back to her place. And be like, I got to tell you something very similar to what Akane did in the beginning where she ran to his place. Faked us out with that. And then for the end, for them to actually get a chance to talk and neither one of them say anything. For Akane to be like, oh, don't worry about it. What I was going to talk to you about, you know, I actually talked about it with Momo. Got it off my chest, so I'm good now. It's like, so Akane's not going to confess. Yamada... Um, very plainly feeling down about himself so he's not going to confess and it's just and then the credits hit and it's like what what did we set up <laughs> and then we have an after credit scene where Subaki meets with Yamada at the very end and so it's like did 
did Tsubaki confess? Did Yamada... I, I can't imagine that Yamada reciprocated the confession. I mean, he is pretty ignorant when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, because we've already seen, I think, earlier on, like, episode two or something like that. Um, one of his, like, classmates confessed to him, and he didn't even realize that that's what she was doing. Um, although over time, you know, especially hanging out with Akane and stuff, maybe he's gotten a little bit more in tune with people <laughs> and stuff like that. So maybe he did actually recognize Tsubaki's confession, if that is what she did. But I can't imagine that she, he reciprocated it, because... I don't really think he likes Tsubaki like that. He barely knows her. And I feel like on top of that, I think he does know that he likes Akane. Um, you know, I don't think he's all the way there with like being comfortable with acting on those emotions on his own. Um, you know, he got very close with again at the very end him like deciding to run to the, you know, you know, run to the station. I don't know what he was going to do exactly, but, um, you know, I just... I just don't think he received so like him meeting Tsubaki at the end like was that him meeting to like give his answer um I don't know but I do want a season two I definitely want a second season of this um I don't know if they're gonna get it I feel like this definitely feels like one of those shows where we just get one season of it because that's just that's just all we need you know that's all the you know all the studio really needs to, 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 you know, to sell its manga, but, uh, we'll see, you know, I thought overall, great show, very much enjoyed it, nice little, you know, romance, slice of life type, type stuff, um, good stuff, yeah, next, anime of the season, <laughs> skipping low for episode 12, also the finale, um, also a finale that feels a little, little melancholy, not quite as like teasing as my love story with Yamada Kun was, um, you know, but still, still definitely in a place where it's like, oh man, I wish more happened, but I feel like I'm more okay with how this one ended. Because again, they didn't really fake us out with like, oh, we're gonna have one of them confess, but um, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so this episode, um, you know, the finale, very big. Um, you know, we did have the whole Ririka and, uh, and the mom type thing happen. Um, that was tough. That was tough. You know, cause I don't know. I mean, it, it it's very hard for me to be on Ririka's side cause I feel like she just like manipulates him, you know? And then even, uh, you know, even Chris said that at the end where he was like, you know, you, you know, you don't have to like guilt him his entire life into like doing stuff or not doing stuff that aligns with your wants and needs. Um, not exactly what he said, but basically what he said. Um, but then also it's kind of hard to be on the mom side too, because even with this, um, this episode by itself, you realize how not close they are. And so it's like, oh man, does the mom kind of distance herself from him? Like, is it bad blood or is it just like, that's just kind of how it happened? Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what the situation is there. Um, did they have a falling out when Shima decided not to act anymore? So it's tough because it's like, on one end of the spectrum, it's just, oh no, they just grew apart. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's, there is some like resentment that she holds for him. 
you know, which is bad, which then makes me not really want to root for her either and, like, defend her against the, like, Ririka slander, right? Um, I do like Shima's little, uh, like, inner monologue here. You know, there was a couple of things that I wrote down. Um, you know, I like when he has this question about, you know, can I act as long as it's for myself? You know, which you know really gets him thinking of like, do I like acting? Do I not like acting? Um, did I just like it for my mom's sake? Or did I like it for me and also my mom's sake, but I attached them together. And so when I didn't want to do acting for my mom, I also just gave up acting in general. Um, a, lot, you know, a lot of different feelings, a lot of different like, you know, something that he's definitely gonna have to think about more in his own time um you know can i act as long as it's for myself is this something i want to do right um you know and then i love the other line where he was like you know this is a little bit uh paraphrased but does having a goal ever feel like a curse you know not only in his own life but then he you know he was looking to meet to me and about how you know her whole goal and whatever about you know becoming president <laughs> or whatever um, you know, then seeing how there's multiple times where she feels exhausted or, you know, kind of worn to the bone, you know, that, that sort of thing, um, you know, stressed out, you know, we saw the moment where, um, you know, she maybe took on more than she could handle. And then, you know, she overheard a couple of the girls being like, oh, I don't know if it's actually going to get done. You know, so that kind of hit her really hard about how like she failed. You know, so like that moment right there, like, does having a goal or feel like a curse? Is it better to just not have a goal, to just kind of live life and see where it takes you? Um, which is kind of what he's done, um, you know, but then him looking into the whole acting thing, um, you know, it's kind of making him think again. So, um, you know, but then that whole, like, shining example of, of, of Mitsumi, not only in, in, in the bad light, but also in the good light of, like, but she just seems so happy and she, you know, so, again love getting into his character and like seeing him kind of wrestle with this stuff um and then for shima to confront ririka and say that he is enjoying his school life um you know him basically asking her to forgive him i suppose um and and i guess i don't know i feel like we still never got like a full <laughs> you know you know just like a very clear answer as to what happened between them but from what i gather like, you know, they were both in the industry as children, and they, you know, Shima got, like, I don't know if it was both of them, but, you know, basically Shima was going to hang out with some, like, older kids, um, you know, and they were drinking um, at, like, karaoke or whatever, and uh, Ribika got dragged along, and maybe that, like, came out that that happened, and so, like, you know, there was some bad publicity for you know, for Ririka, and so that kind of hurt her acting career, and she's never been able to, like, really recover after that, you know, maybe that's why she got into modeling, because she just wasn't able to get back into acting, maybe something that she was her lifelong passion, and then never really was able to get back into it, which really hurt her, um, something like that is kind of what I'm imagining happened, you know, so that's why she would always blame Shima, um, you know, for it. But, you know, I do like this moment where he 
stands up to her and is like, listen, I'll still be there for you. I'll try to help you as much as I can. But he doesn't really say this, but he, he says it without saying it, where it's like, I'm not going to let you drag me down anymore. I'm not going to let you guilt me into not enjoying my life, basically. Um, and, and, and I love that for him, you know. And then on top of that, we get a scene where she's crying um, and, 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 you know, she does kind of admit that it's not fully his fault, you know, where in that moment, Shima even said like, hey, I, you know, I don't want you to come with me, you know, like you, like you, you, you shouldn't do this with me, but, you know, but she kind of forced the issue and like forced herself into that little social gathering. And so even in that moment, <laughs> you like blaming, like, I don't know, like, if that's true and she's admitting that right here, it's like, so then how can you blame Shima for that? Like, <laughs> hey, hey man, you you shouldn't do this. You know, you shouldn't come to this karaoke with me. How does that get interpreted into him ruining your career? <laughs> like he said, don't do this. And you said, I'm going to do this. And he said, well, I guess I can't force you. You know, I don't have that power. And then for that stuff to come out and then you'd be like, this is all your fault. What? <laughs> you know? It's like, it's like building a campfire and being like, okay, don't, don't put your hand in the fire. <laughs> and then you being like, I'm going to put my hand in the fire. <laughs> and then putting your hand in the fire, getting burned and being like, why, why'd you build the fire? <laughs> be like, what do you mean? Why'd I build the fire? You... You put, I told you not to put your hand in it. You put your hand in it. You can't blame me for the fire existing. That doesn't make any sense. Um, <clears throat> so. And then, um, yeah. And then we just get good feelings at the end. Good stuff. Uh, the friend group, which I love very much. I love their friend group. Um, you know, them planning a little study sleepover. They're going to plan a regular sleepover, but, but Mitsumi's like, ah, oh, but we have finals. <laughs> You know, so they plan a study sleepover to get Mitsumi on board, which is funny. Um, can't wait for that. Hopefully, we get a second season of this. I need a second season of this. Um, just that little sleepover, that'd be fun. Um, and then also, we get Shima at the end. Tried about three times to get, uh, you know, to get Mitsumi's attention. Maybe, I don't know if he was directly planning on like a like a confession right there i think you know I, you know i think it was definitely on his mind um doesn't happen though and uh you know we just get a nice little moment where he smiles at her she smiles back you know and that's kind of all we needed i i guess for that moment um and then even us to jump into mitsumi's mind and like realize that she's happy that she spent, you know, you know that you know she's able to spend time with Shima, and that Shima, like, takes time to be with her, I, I guess, and like takes time to like think about her and like be be thoughtful and I don't know all that stuff. So that's that, that's really cool. Um, yeah, no, great, awesome. Again, I really need a second season of this. Um, this one definitely would be one of those shows where, you know, I, I do read manga from time to time. I haven't actually read manga in a while, but, um, definitely a fan. This is definitely going to be one of those shows where like, if we never get a season two, I, I got to read the manga. 
this is this is great. I think it will though. I feel like Skip and Loafer got pretty good reviews this season. I feel like it was pretty popular as well. I mean, again, as popular as you can be with the with the sea of uh, you know you know of, of uh, all these sequels this season. Um, but you know, I just feel like that in itself just kind of shows how good it was. You know, because like when you have the sea of sequels that everyone's excited for, if any first season does stand out, it's like oh, it really had to stand out to stand out, right? Um, but yeah. Great season. I you know I joke about being anime this season, but like, especially if we take out all the sequels, because you know, you being a sequel is kind of cheating. Um, Skipping Loafer might be my favorite show of the season. So, next we got Heavenly Delusion, episode thirteen, also the finale. Um, this is one where I don't know. I will say overall. If this doesn't get a second season, I think there's a good chance. I don't think I'm going to be super keen on jumping into it. So I feel like overall, very weird show. <laughs> I'm not mad at weird shows, but I don't know. I, I, I just feel like there's so many questions that this show brings up. Not enough answers. <laughs> um, just kind of like lose the, losing the plot. A little bit or just like okay what's what's happening exactly <laughs> what are we trying to get towards i mean even like maru they'll like them end and be like next stop heaven and i'm just like we're still not at heaven <laughs> what are we doing why are there so many pit stops you know a lot of times it's like oh it's not the destination it's a journey it's like yeah but the journey pretty important <laughs> or sorry it's not the destination it's the journey but the destination pretty important we you know we I, I want to see the destination. And then even with this other thing of like, oh, there's this weird like incubation orphanage thing. Just like, what's, what, what is this? How, how does this factor into everything? That's all I'm saying. I will say this episode is was, was pretty good though. Pretty emotional as well. Um, so on the whole uh, orphanage thing, the whole like kid thing, um, Tokyo had twins it turns out, um, but they're only getting one back. They're not going to tell Tokyo that they have twins, um, you know, because they're going to keep one for research and experimentation, I'm sure. Very bad. Um, but then they do have the other kid, and it sucks because the the director, I suppose, didn't know this. And so the director sees the kid and tries to take the kid from Tokyo. Um, but then Tokyo has these weird, like, web powers. So that's something. That's something that they didn't explain. And that's the last we see of the orphanage. <laughs> So, again, more questions. Like, what are they going to do with the baby? What are they going to do with Tokyo's baby? What's going to happen with the director? What are these web powers? Whose side is everyone on? What's going on with this test? You know what I mean? So, and then we jump to kind of the A-plot. Um, Maru rescues Kiriko. Uh, he just punches Robin super hard over and over and over again. Very satisfying because we know, you know pretty heavily inferred as to what robin did to kiriko um you know so for him to kind of get that is just justice you know uh but kiriko does stop maru from killing him because it's like hey don't don't kill him you know i mean uh, you know which is very very strong of of kiriko because you know i feel like in that moment part of her wants him dead you know because of what he did to her 
Um, but it's also like, ah, but I kind of like grew up with Robin and everything. And, you know, Robin's pretty important. So it's tough, you know, very, very, uh, complicated in, in her mind. So, um, but we do have a nice little ending to that where, you know, it seems like she's able to kind of make peace with it, rips up the picture and is like, all right. Met, found him, met up with him, it's done. We don't got to worry about this anymore. Um, you know, so that's why it kind of ends with them being like, all right, heaven, that is, you know, that's the goal now. Um, yeah. And then we end with, uh, there's apparently a monster attached to a woman at the end. Don't really know how that plays out. I'm kind of messing with Robin a little bit. Um, Robin isn't there when that, that crew comes in, so I'm not sure if, like, he was taken by somebody or if he was able to, like, recover and he went somewhere, I don't know, but I'm sure we'll see him again, because presumably he's not dead, so, um, yeah. That was pretty much the episode, you know, like I said, not, not a show overall that I think I'm going to go back to, I think it definitely had its moments where I'm, like, oh, super into this, but, you know, I feel like it was one of those shows that was just kind of confusing overall, (laughs) it's like, I don't really know what's happening, I don't, what, you know some of these kids are like aliens or something you know the one kid has like like deer ears and we just don't talk about that <laughs> you know um so now all this connects and uh you're not gonna get all your answers in one season but there's more questions than answers and that's just you know i don't know it's kind of frustrating as a viewer i guess again i'm not saying that's like bad story or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, it's not something that, like, I finished this finale and I'm like, can't wait for season two, you know? So, that's why. But Anyway, uh, Demon Slayer, Swordsmith Village Arc, episode 11. I thought this was great. This was also the finale for the season. Um, the new season did get announced. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. Oh, oh yeah, it was like, I mean, unless this was, you know, unless this was a joke, but I did see it, I think on Twitter or something where it was like the, uh, the Hashira training arc, I think. I don't know what that means. Maybe is, is Tanjiro going to train to be a Hashira? Is that what's going to happen? Cause that's, 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 that, that's pretty sick. That'd be pretty cool. Um, overall, that was a great season. I thought it was very fun. Um, I will say... If I have any, like, critiques over the season, um, you know, you know, the one that does kind of jump out to me is Mitsuri. Um, you know, I do think that we were robbed just a little bit of Mitsuri. I wanted to see a little more, you know, a little more of her fighting, you know, maybe just a little bit more of her um, talking and kind of interacting with, uh, with our crew. But other than that, you know, I think that it was a very, very, very good season. Um... So again, you know, a lot of a lot of big fight scenes in this episode, so not like a lot to deep dive into, but um, great fight, you know, uh, you know, Tanjiro is able to get his like total concentration with like the thunder breathing thing, you know, kind of uh, learning from uh, what is his name, you know, the like yellow kid, <laughs> like yellow and orange kid who like, you know, he's like only good when he's asleep. <laughs> 
um, so you know, you know, so that was really cool to him, kind of like learning techniques from from his friends. That was cool. Um, yeah, and then uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, he's able to get the sword. Muichiro's there in the clutch. Threw threw him the sword. Um, you know, so it's pretty. It's like really really cool sword. They still needs to get like upgraded, I guess, but it, it works for now. Um, he he is cutting off the head of the demon. So we sweep off the head, right? And then that moment's like, this is great. This is perfect. We won. Let's all go home. Uh, doesn't work out, though. Doesn't work. It's not as real. It's a fake head. Um, and in this moment, we get one of the more emotional moments of the entire season, maybe the entire show, where so many different things are kind of lining up, right? Where it's like, the sun is coming up, which is a big problem because Nezuko is still outside. The, you know, she's not near the box. So she, you know, sun hits her, she's going to die. Like a vampire. In some interpretations of vampires, not all of them. Um, so that's very scary, right? And so, you know, it's kind of like this, you know, he has to choose because he wants to save Nezuko, obviously, from the sun. But also, we realize that the head is not the real head. And so the demon headless is still attacking some of the villagers. And so it's like, I can't do both. You know, like like everyone else around here that could help is not going to be able to reach uh, Nezuko or the demon in, in ample time. And so, you know, and I'm also like beat. <laughs> I'm also like way past empty. So I can't do both. Um, <clears throat> and he can't choose, you know, I feel like for the first time in the whole series, he he doesn't make a decision, you know. Um, and so Nezuko makes it for him and, you know, Nezuko kicks him towards the demon and basically, you know, basically her saying like, save, save those people. Don't worry about me. And that's, that's very noble, <laughs> very strong of Nezuko to kind of, to, to, to do that and be like, I'm good. What? <laughs> um, and very tough for Tanjiro too, because he gets kicked and even in that moment, he, he could have run back to Nezuko, but he does kind of have this like unspoken thing with Nezuko where he doesn't want to but he's like it's 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 what she wants and overall it is it is the right decision you know the selfish decision is to save your sister but the right decision is to you know as a demon slayer is to slay the demon and save the people who are in danger of the demon you know I don't know that I'd be able to make that decision feel like i would save my sister but you know that's why i'm not the protagonist of an anime i suppose um he wins he cuts off the real head saves him everything starts crying nezuko though still alive not burning anymore so that's huge right because we're like okay she didn't die i don't know how that's even possible but then on top of that she starts talking like real talking she's not like a child anymore she's just another demon this weird like demon child thing that doesn't know how to speak uh english <laughs> japanese whatever um speak in general right she's able to speak so now it's like amazing because you know he was able to do both in the end i mean the one wasn't really due to him but he was able to you know both things were able to be true which is awesome She's not like fully 
healed though like she, you know her her eyes are still the weird demonized thing and um um you know, she sells fangs but she's able to talk she's able to you know sit in the sunlight so i don't know that she's fully healed but good stuff right you know because i mean that was the whole thing with me With, like, her potentially dying, I was like, there's no way. There's no way they're going to kill her off. Because I feel like that's, like, that's that's Tanjiro's whole reason for living. Is to, like, find a way to cure Nezuko. He's like, there, there's got to be a way. So, like, if Nezuko died, I'm like, the only way the show could really go on is if he still wants to beat Muzan. Just for, like, revenge, I guess. Or just like, in general, just staying a demon slayer to say, you know, you know, for like revenge, which I feel like a lot of demon slayers do, <laughs> where it's like demons killed my family, I'm gonna kill demons, you know. So, because that would maybe make sense, but in my mind, I was just like, there's, there's no way they're killing Nesco. There's no way, um, and they didn't. Um, and then we do have a nice little cutaway to Mitsuri, who totally got bailed out by Tanjiro. She was a hundred percent gonna die, um, but then the but then the demon kind of dusted away because Tanjiro cut the main body, so that was cool. Um, we find out that Muzan—I don't know if we already knew this—but Muzan was breeding demons. You know, that's the whole reason why he kept his like race, his like species alive, was to like breed them and hopefully get these like different mutations to apparently get one like Nezuko, one that could survive in the sunlight, because uh, I guess his plan is to, like, absorb Nezuko so that he can survive in the sunlight in his demon form, I guess, I don't know, um, so that's crazy, um, nice little ending with everyone, everyone is happy and relieved and everything is great, so it's a nice little group shot there, um, and then we have a little ending, which I don't really know what the significance of it is, but we do visit uh, Tamayo. If you remember, she's from season one, and she was the one who was uh, like a uh, you know like studying demons, um, and then she was more specifically studying Nezuko's blood to kind of you know because Nezuko is an anomaly, right? She's able to be a demon, but like not drink blood and still survive. Um, you know, very very weird. And, uh, you know, at the very end, she writes a letter to Tanjiro. Again, she's not with Tanjiro, so she doesn't know anything about what Tanjiro is doing. Um, and she does kind of make this prediction that very soon Nezuko is going to be able to survive the sunlight. And so, again, I don't really know what the significance of that is. Like, you know, maybe just the fact of, like, Tamayo might come in the clutch in the future and, like, have some sort of discovery that helps something. I don't, I don't know. Um... But, you know, I feel like there is, has to be some importance to her, like, quote-unquote, predicting that Tanjiro, or that, uh, you know, that Nezuko is going to be able to survive the sunlight when she actually does, you know, when that does come true. Like, she is able to survive the sunlight now, so, I don't know. I'm sure that sort of, you know, foreshadows something. I just can't really think of what it is. Um, and that's the episode. You know. Like I said, um, another season, I believe, is confirmed. Um, I mean, Demon Slayer is just way too popular. 
like in my mind there's you know there's no way that i i, I think i think demon slayer the manga ended right didn't it i think so i feel like there's like no way that demon slayer is not going to just go the course of the manga like you know um but yeah overall very very good um you know i enjoyed a lot of the little breadcrumbs that they threw throughout this episode with the whole uh you know that one um you know that one demon slayer with the with the mark where it's like oh i wonder what exactly his connection is or what tandro's connection is to him and even the marks in general which we never really got a lot of except for on tandro which we thought was maybe just a tandro thing but then for both Miyuchiro and mitsuri to to also get marks when they're like fighting um i was like okay there, there there's something to this um it would be cool to kind of learn more about that um, and then just Muchiro and Mitsuri in general, you know, I feel like they didn't do them justice as much as they did with the, with the, like, fire Hashira and the, and the Infinity Train arc. Um, you know, I feel like we definitely saw a lot more of him. Um, but also maybe that just has to do with them having two Hashira in this one. Um, oh, oh, and then also the, the, the previous season. Um, I don't remember their name but but the other hashira um the one with like i believe they have like gray hair um anyway and again you know i feel like that that much have might just be due to them focusing on kind of two hashira in a season rather than just one but uh you know i feel like they did a good enough job you know, like i said i definitely would have liked to see more of both of them honestly um but you know the season did do its job in making me a fan of both of them where i didn't really care about either of them before that because we didn't really see them um so um and yeah overall good season had had a good time uh excited for next season again if it is truly again i'm pretty sure i saw something that said it was the hashira training arc so if that is true and that wasn't just a a joke <laughs> um excited to see what that means like again is it tanjiro that's getting trained as a hashira because i feel like at this point he's earned it you know he has fought alongside hashira he has helped save hashira um i feel like he's earned it at this point so we'll see uh next mobile suit gundam the witch for mercury episode uh, season two episode 10 um still have a couple episodes after this but Um, not too many, like, things happened in this episode, but I do feel like a couple important things did happen. Um, we have a nice moment in the beginning where Soleta and, uh, beat Ghoul in a little fencing duel. Um, very much a scaled-down version of their mobile suit duels that they have, but, um, and that was basically to become the, like, champion. I, I forget exactly what it's called, but, like, the champion, um... So to beat him, which was funny, um, you know, and it stops him kind of like not really giving it to her, but basically being like, all right, you won. So now, you know, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead and kind of, uh, you know, bringing me in and all that stuff, which was nice, you know, very much turned around on, on, on the ghoul character. I uh, didn't love him so much, especially in the beginning of season one, maybe like the first half or so. Um... And then Sleta and Mirena have a little chat. Didn't write down everything they said, but basically, you know, you know, the gist was, um, you know, Sleta not really being sure 
about what she's going to do, but she feels like it's the right thing. And Mia Rena being super down on herself, um, you know, not wanting anyone else to get hurt, um, not wanting to fail, all, all that stuff. Um, you know, but them kind of coming together at the end and them being able to rely on each other. Um, you know, one, you know, one thing I also did really like was when, uh, when Mia Rene does open her door, um, I never really noticed it before, but I guess Mia Rene is shorter than Sulata. Um, you know, you, you know, but me kind of really realizing that for the first time, I guess, but then also her looking very disheveled and very, uh, very much not in a good state you know i feel like this is the first time where we see suleta kind of being the strong one and miurene being the one that needs someone to like lean on um you know i just like that like switch of dynamic where it's like previous to this miurene was always a strong one more outspoken more like this is what's happening i have a plan um and then suleta kind of being the one like okay cool you know that's what we're gonna do or oh yeah about you know however i can help i'll do it but then right in this moment it's flipped where it's like me Rene needed the pep talk you know where, where it's funny because in that moment um you know so let's come in there being like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go confront airy and my mom and all that stuff and then me Rene being like i'm not, you know i'm not one to give you know uh a like convenient pep talk and in that moment it like flipping and it being like well Suleta maybe didn't come there to be given a pep talk. Maybe she went there to give you one. Um, and it worked. You know, so it's very nice moment. I do really like their relationship. Um, you know, you know, I think that they they are stronger together than separated. Um so. Um and then we just have kind of the very end where Suleta is going crazy. <laughs> um she has really given it to him. She's very, very good at uh at at piloting gundams um scary though because we do see some of the like little like light flash stuff in her face it's like oh yeah this is the first time she's ever really had to deal with that and i hope she doesn't die <laughs> you know i don't know how many more seasons they're getting this is a, a spin-off like original project type thing so um you know i don't know if they're planning on a season three but uh I would very much like to not see Suleta die. That is my request. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Um, and then Aerie is here too. You know, Aerie, Aerie, Aerie. She comes out and she's like, what are you doing? I thought you, I thought I told you to stay away. Like, you shouldn't be here. Um, you know, but Suleta's doing what she has to do, right? Coming to stop all of this, you know? Um, so yeah. We are gearing up for a nice last few episodes i think there's 13 episodes maybe or 12 it might be 12 we have at least two more episodes left either two or three more episodes left so i feel like this is kind of going to be the climax like like this big little big little <laughs> uh space battle here um and then however it turns out you know i'm sure we'll get a little bit of an epilogue um either setting up a season two or just kind of being like all right we won <laughs> you know so um good stuff good stuff so far i like slots and me really kind of reconciling that was great um and then so in the end uh confronting airy and her mom and being like nah this is not gonna go the way you want it to so 
We'll see how that goes. Uh, next, Insomniacs After School, episode 11. Um, this was good. Was this, this wasn't the finale, was it? No, no, no. I think we still have one episode left. Um, yeah, one episode left. Uh, this one was great. Um, you know, this one was just basically just Maguri and Akumi just like living together, just like doing normal like couple stuff, which I thought was fun. Um, I, I like the beginning where they say that they're not sleepy, so that means they're invincible. <laughs> they they feel invincible because while everyone else is sleeping, we're still awake and we're still getting stuff done. Sleep will not take us down. You know, I thought that was that was a cute moment. Um, you know, and then, and then like I said, them they're just kind of living together, them going shopping, them cooking, doing laundry, doing all the errands and stuff together, just like they are a nice little married couple. Um, I thought it was great. And it just kind of teases us a little bit where it's like clearly they like each other, clearly like they just need to be together, <laughs> you know? Um, and then I like Nakami's moment where he reveals to her his uh kind of source of his insomnia where before we saw Maguri's, which was um you know her like health conditions and then her being scared of going to sleep because she feels like one day she just might not wake up um which is terrible <laughs> um you know but then Nakami kind of revealing his answer and him like not really being you know him kind of having like a less concrete answer but his answer being like um, just like crippling anxiety over tomorrow where he's like in his mind tomorrow it is guaranteed that tomorrow is going to be worse than today so like the morning being the scariest thing to him and so him just not going to sleep and being like oh well if I don't sleep then tomorrow will never come you know and like him getting super emotional and like crying and you know all that stuff um, is tough and like that's that's like such a tough thing to battle <laughs> like that's something I, I couldn't even imagine um awful right um and in that moment uh you know Magri sneaking sneaking a little kiss to him uh which I thought was great you know you, you know a nice little cap to that like confession like him like pour his heart out and then that that, that should be Magri's opportunity to be like you know just like they're close enough to each other that they can pour their hearts out to each other, you know, tell each other things that they never told anyone else. Um, you know, clearly that was true for Nakami in this moment is like, that's probably why he's crying. And it's like the realization, like, I've never really said that out loud before. It's, it's, it's awesome, you know, and they kiss and then be like super embarrassed and then whatever, right. Then him like fall in the lake and all that stuff. And then there's a great moment where, you know, Nakami kind of starts to want to talk about it. And then Maguri's like, why don't we just live life? And then once our little, let's little like vacation ends, then we can kind of come together and figure out what this is, <laughs> you know, which, which I like. Let's not ruin the moment with trying to figure out like what our relationship is. Let's just kind of enjoy the rest of our, uh, our vacation as we have been up until this point um which is great um yeah that's basically the episode i really enjoyed this one um you know again them having all the nice moments in the beginning them having the emotional nakami confession and then 
for them to kiss and them kind of again like non-verbally confess to each other you know um and then yeah i think next episode's last episode so that you know that, that you know this episode sets up a great finale where hopefully they do kind of confirm it with each other um and yeah good stuff uh next we got oshinoko episode 10 um so yeah um kana agreed to be the center after hearing them sing because it's like listen <laughs> ruby and memcho uh not not good singers <laughs> none of them should be this the, the center so i just love that dynamic too where kana is just like you guys are idiots <laughs> How do you guys how do you guys have this dream of being idols when neither of you can sing <laughs> it doesn't make any sense um and then we have a nice little training thing which very much sets up the last episode uh which is next next week next you know next episode is the last episode of the season where it is their like performance right so this is a whole like training episode right um and so we got uh Pion training them going hard you know doing all the endurance stuff and um you know which is very important too where it's like being a performer like that like having to dance and sing and stuff not not easy not easy um so it makes a lot of sense um but yeah and then uh you know in in that moment we have a a nice little thing where the person in the pion costume is talking to pion it's like what's going on there but just you know just the way they speak I was thinking like, oh, that's definitely Aqua pretending to be Pion. And, and, and the thing that got me, and, and I will say, I always like to mention this about every show. Turns out this is the only show that this is true for this season. But I always want to mention, you know, I did, uh, I am reading the manga of the show. I am past this season. So I already know, I know everything's going to happen unless they make changes, obviously. Um, but, you know, no spoilers. I never like to spoil anything. Um... But I will say, again, maybe this was embedded in my head and I didn't actually, you know, figure this out. But, you know, you know, the one thing that did kind of tip it off for me was when Pion was like, you know, I, I still just don't understand why you had to dress up as me. Like, I'm sure if you just did all the stuff you're doing as yourself, they would listen, um, you know, but then the, the, the fake Pion was like, no, she would never listen to me, um, you know, it, you know. She would, you know, refuse everything I said and she would fight back or whatever. So it coming from you, she would, you know, she takes everything to heart. And so that to me, she was, you know, he was clearly talking about Kana. And so that to me made it like, oh, the, you know, this is Aqua because Aqua knows that if he would come to them, but specifically Kana and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Kana would say no way because Kana right now hates him. She really loves him, but she hates him. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. And then we see at the end, uh, or towards the end, Aqua with the pion mask off and kind of like sweating and stuff and whatever, and kind of catches him. And so that changes everything. You know, there's no there's no confrontation. I feel like there might be one. I don't really remember this. You know, if it is just kind of just kind of lets it slide and never really brings it up, or if Kana at some point does say, "You were pion, you tricked me," or maybe you tricked us. Maybe it's a group setting. I don't know, but uh. 
you know, I think that really hits her. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. Um, and then we have the very end where, again, we're getting a lot of, you know, Kana fans are eaten, right? Because we have Kana with her little confession here where um, she's nervous because she feels like she's failed her whole life. <laughs> and her failing at this doesn't really scare her. Her failing at this and then in turn causing people around her to fail is what scares her. So she doesn't want to drag Ruby and Memcho down with her own failureness. Um, which is just very, very telling of her character, right? Um, you know, but I do love Ruby in this moment where Ruby's just like, what are you talking about? You know, and then her, you know, you know her kind of trying to comfort her by saying, listen, I don't really know too much about your acting career. You know, but right now you are a rookie idol, just like me, just like Memcho. And so us failing, it's kind of expected for us to fail. You know what I mean? Like we are rookies. This is literally our first performance, you know? And so I love that because basically what she's saying is that like, you're trying to take everything you've done and just put it all in one bucket of your life, which obviously that's you, that's your life. So it makes sense that you're doing that. But to kind of help you out, it's like, that's all acting though. Like this is idle. Like y y you can't take your acting experience and be like, well I, well, I should be an amazing idol. It's like, no, you're just starting out as an idol just like me and just like Memcho. Like if we fail at this, you can't say, ah, I knew it was going to happen because I failed so much as an actor. It's like, that's not how failure works. <laughs> you don't just fail at everything. You know what I mean? Like, you can't drag your failures from one field to another field and say, there, there's a connection there. <laughs> no, it's two completely different things. Um, you know, so for, you know, Ruby to kind of break it down like that and be like, you're a rookie idol. We're all rookie idols. If we fail, it's expected. We just have to keep trying, you know, is nice. Very smart by Ruby too, whether that was intentional or it was just her being genuine or both. Um, it's great. And then the very, very end, we do have clearly have these, these set up for like, okay, episode 11 is going to be them performing and I can't wait. It's going to be great. I don't actually know what's going to be great. <laughs> Um, I'm sure if I took the time to like remember how the performance goes, I'm sure I could remember what's going to happen, but just based on this, on this setup, it's like, I don't know. I mean, if I had to make a prediction and try to be as like genuine in my prediction as possible, I would say, I don't think it's going to be perfect. Um, cause wasn't it just like, how long have they been training for? <laughs> you know, wasn't only like a few weeks. Um, I can't imagine they're gonna get up there and people are gonna be like, yo, B. Komachi is the next best thing. Um, I just hope there's no like big blunders and they all walk away from that being like, you know what? That was our first performance. You know, like, you know, that would be, you know, I think best case scenario and like most realistic where it's like, that wasn't amazing. That wasn't like, you know, a performance everyone's gonna talk about for the next generation, but we didn't mess it up. You know, and uh, that's you know, that's a pretty solid foundation, right? So, um, yeah, that was episode ten. Uh, very much gearing up for the finale, and uh, I'm very excited for it. Can't wait. Lastly, we got Kubo Wallaby being visible, episode twelve. 
also the finale. Um, so yeah, not a uh, not too much. Um, yeah, not really too much. Um, I mean, it is more of like a you know, this is the most kind of like slice of life episodic type show that we have. So you know, but uh, you know some some good stuff here. Um, you know, I do like more towards the beginning where. Akina is kind of realizing that Kubo is growing up and kind of, you know, being sad about it, right? Because it's like, oh, you're maybe going to grow further apart from me and, you know, you're becoming your own person. So, you know, you're not just my little sister anymore. You're you're a, a, a independent person, right? So it's, you know, kind of a sad moment, but also kind of a proud moment, right? And then I do like how, you know, Kubo does it. Yeah, I don't know how intentional this was, but, you know, she did be like, well, you know, you know, I do still look up to you. I do still kind of, you know, emulate things you do. I mean, the whole reason I started drinking coffee is because you drink coffee, you know, and and you know, so, you know, so that's nice. It kind of, you know, catches Akina off guard, you know, and then and, and then Kubo steals her coffee, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, you know, so that was a nice little emotional moment there, where you know Akina showing some like true feelings towards her, not just like teasing her. Um, and then, you know, Kubo kind of reciprocating, but then also teasing. It's like, oh, she got me, you know. That was that was nice. And then we have the whole happy birthday thing. Uh, you know, Shiraishi never gets happy birthday from people because people don't really recognize him. And then obviously don't even know it's his birthday. Um, you know, Kubo does, which is him a happy birthday, which is awesome. Um, and then also gives him, um, a, you know, a little... Axolotl. I don't actually exactly know how you pronounce that, but you know, it's a little like sea lizard thing. Um, you know, you know, gives him like a little plush, which is really nice. Um, you know, and uh, you know, and he uh, he says, "Oh, I will, I will take good care of it. I'll treasure it always." Um, so it's great, you know. Both, you know, on, on on both ends, you know, I feel like that's those are always the best moments when both of them. Both of them come away feeling uh, happy and, and satisfied with, with what just happened. So, like, on on um, Shiraishi's end, he was just happy that, that someone said happy birthday to him. Someone knew it was his birthday, acknowledged it. Uh, it's never really happened before except for his family, right? Um, and not only that, but also, like, gave him a gift, you know? was, like, super thoughtful uh, towards him. And then we have... Uh, you know, Kubo feeling very happy that um, that he was happy with his gift. It's like, oh, I did, I did, you know, I did something good. And then even past that, um, you know, him asking about her birthday and him and her being like, ooh, should I, you know, should I expect a gift? And then him being like, ah, oh, don't, you know, don't or uh, what was it? Lower your expectations or, or, or something like that, where it's like, ah, I don't really, you know, you know, because, you know, him being, you know, kind of self-deprecating of like, not really sure if he's going to get him like, you know, be able to get her like a great gift or whatever. But, you know, I mean, even in that moment, she's just happy that, she, you know, he then wants to reciprocate. And then him also not being like, well, no, I'm not going to get you anything, you know, in his own way saying, yeah, I'm going to get you a gift. <laughs> Like, oh, she's going to get me a gift. That's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, and then basically uh, the only thing is that we kind of see their their first meeting. 
Um, and it went about as you'd expect, where they just sit next to each other because of the, the seating arrangement. Um, you know, she says, she acknowledges him, says, says hello to him, and then him being super caught off guard because no one's ever said hi to him before. Um, and then him kind of being like, you know, kind of jittery and nervous and, you know, Kubo being like, oh, I've never, you know, I've never seen Shirachi like this before. And then already thinking of ways to like mess with him. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to say good morning to him tomorrow. I wonder what facial expression he'll have when I do that. <laughs> you know, like that, you know, nice little meaning of like, yep, that's, that's, you know, before this, if I had to imagine what their first meeting was like, that, that would be it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Kind of nice, you know, something we've seen before, I feel like, but very nice for like the last episode of the season to be their first encounter. Um, very nice. So again, you know, an, a, another show that I hope we get another season of just like more moments, you know, this is really all the show has to be, um, you know, for, you know, for me to super enjoy it. So again, this was a show that showed the, f the first half last season and then it got super delayed. Um, but yeah, overall very much enjoyed this. I think this is peak, like slice of life, you know, rom-com type thing, if that's what you want to throw in there, but just you know just slice of life in general just like peak so uh very happy with it and that is it that is the show for this week um lots of great finales um you know a couple of them were good i mean you know i don't think there's any bad finales but you know there's definitely a couple of them that were like eh, if the show gets another season not like super into it but um overall great like they all knew the assignment they did their job um you know like i said definitely less shows next week just because of uh you know i'm only carrying over four shows in the next week right um but i think a couple shows will you know for next season start airing next week so i'll you know i'll have those to jump into so um i will also so my plan so that you know this comes out on the monday right so um this friday should be my preview episode for next season for the let's see uh spring right spring 2020 no yes spring no wait everyone calm down summer summer 2023 because we're, we're in spring right now right so the, the summer 2023 season um i should have my preview episode up for that so we can talk about all the shows that uh are you know are planning to be covered on on, on this podcast um it'll be a good time be a good time so yeah, until then, uh, you know, let me know what some of your finales that I covered, you know, so far here, um, which finales you're looking forward to, and uh, also, you know, I guess it's more appropriate maybe for the preview episode, but even for this one too, let me know, you know, let me know which, uh, which shows from this summer that you're looking forward to the most, and uh, yeah, until next time, watch more anime.